Uh, we're going to be talking here in just a moment about framing our world. And men, is there, is there any men here, and maybe even ladies too, that you have a project at home that you just can't seem to get finished? Huh? You, don't raise your hand. Glenn, my goodness. Brother, <laughs> just one project. Hey, that's not bad. Okay, how many of you have two or three projects at home that you just can't? Chester, Chester, don't raise. Oh, that was Janet raising Chester's hand. Okay. Well, sure, we all do. Well, we're going to be talking about framing our world, and we're going to be framing it according to the Scripture and how God, how we want our life to look, but also how God wants our life to look. But here, and here's my point concerning this. Your project that is incomplete at home, what, you just might work on that one hour a week. And let me tell you, if you only work on it one hour a week, you'll probably never get it done. It's the same way with your spiritual life. If you only come and, and hear the Word of God one hour a week, it's going to take a long time to build and to frame your world into a world that you want and that you desire. All right? Bow your heads with me. Let's go ahead and go to the uh, Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today, Father. We thank you for who you are, for what you've done in our life. We thank you for your presence here. Father, I pray for every heart to be open here today, Father, every heart to be focused upon you. And Father, just let, let the words that I speak be encompassed with your strength and your will and your power and your anointing. Let these words penetrate the heart and change the hearts and minds of your children. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Framing your world. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 18.21. It is good to see some of the Florida people back. Don Tucker and, and his lovely bride. And I don't know, there might even be some more, more back, but those are the ones I see. Uh, we're actually, Proverbs 18.21, we're actually going to, Look at 18.20 to start with, and then we'll go to 21. But framing your world, you know, whether, whether you know it or not, you are, you're creating a sphere, I'll use that word, a sphere around you that encompasses you and all the things that you are. Uh, you're, you are creating a, a world around you. And it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, I know some of you have horses. It's kind of like uh, horses. When you're around a horse, you know, the, the experts say you're always training your horse. Whether you, in your mind you are or not, well, you are because they're watching and, and, and they're doing and they're reacting to your reaction. So anytime you're around your horse and probably even your dog and uh, now, I don't know if you, I don't think you can even train a cat. I don't, I don't even go there. But maybe even your dog, uh, probably the whole time you're around your dog, you're probably training them. Well, I want to tell you this morning, the whole time that, you're, that you are breathing, the whole time that you're conscious, you are framing your world. You are creating the world around you. And it's your world. And you can, you can frame it good or you can frame it bad. But let's look at this, Proverbs 18. Uh, now, do we have that scripture up? We do? 
we do have. Now, this is the New American Standard Version. We've only got verse 21. I'm going to read out of the New Living in just a minute. It says, death and life are in the power, excuse me, of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now, let me read this. Uh, let me read this to you. Out of the New Living Translation, it says, wise Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Now, when's the last time you had a really a good meal? Was it last night or the night before? Or, or was it this morning? Did you have a big breakfast this morning? We all know how. <laughs> Rick, you didn't just say before you got married, did you? All right, all right. I just, you know that, guys, there are some things that you should not let come out of your mouth, right? All right. But it says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. And then it says, the right words bring satisfaction. And I don't think that's talking about short-term satisfaction. That's talking about long-term satisfaction. Let me read it, verse 20 and 21 together. It says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The, con the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap its consequences. So life and death, if you think about that just for a moment, life and death is in the power of the tongue. The things that you speak about, you can speak life to situations. Or you can turn them words around and you can speak death to a situation. That's hard to comprehend, isn't it? So the next few weeks, that's what we're going to talk about leading up to, to Easter. And you know, and we have all seen structures, whether it's a nice house or, or a nice building or a nice shop or, or something, we've all seen them, and man, they look so nice, and you know, they've got everything a guy needs. They've got a nice workbench, and they've got an air compressor and a welder and a cutting torch, and, and you can just tell that, man, there's been a lot of thought has went into building this nice shop. Man, this is, you can just tell that somebody went to a lot of thought and a lot of uh, work to build this thing, right? And then we've also seen, seen a shop just kind of haphazardly threw up, and maybe it's even leaning to one side, and, and it's got a dirt floor and, and no air compressor and no cutting torch, and, and you think, man, they didn't put much thought into that. They didn't put much energy into that. Well, that's kind of the direction we're going to be going the, the next few weeks. Because we have all seen these situations in the natural. We've seen where, you know, well, well that looks really nice. They, they, they spent a lot of time on that. Or we've seen, seen other situations where, they're about to, where it's about to fall down. And they put no thought into it whatsoever. You know, most of us in our mind, if you would ask, and if you would think about it just for a moment, you would be able to think about what you want your life to look like. You would be able to describe it or think about it in your mind or maybe even put it on paper. And, you know, you would, want, you would be able to say the direction that you want your life to go. Whether you want to live a long life or you just want to go as fast as you can for as hard as you can and then be gone. 
Or maybe you, maybe you want to plan things and you want to have a family and you want to have children. Maybe you want to have grandchildren. And I highly advise that if you don't have grandchildren. If you can get some grandchildren, man, buy some if you got to. Because, because I'll tell you, the grandchildren is the way to go. All right? Amen. <laughs> so, but we have to, so, so we have this thought in our mind, if we think about it, we have this thought in our mind that the, the life, the, the world that we want to frame. And much of it has to do with the words that come out of our mouth. You know, many people think that their words are just words. They're nothing more than words. They don't mean nothing. They're not important. But as we can see here, and I can show you Scripture after Scripture, and I will before this series is over, God says that our words are powerful. God says that life and death is in the power of the words that come out of our mouth. Right? So, you know, I've heard people say, well, I, yeah, I said some bad things, but I didn't mean them. Well, you ask your spouse if, <laughs> what, what they thought about the bad words that come out of your, or you ask your children what they thought about the bad words that come out of your mouth, or you ask your boss what they thought about the bad words that come out of your mouth. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, our words matter. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And what comes out of our mouth has so much to do with the world that we are framing up around us. You know, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll just throw it out there. You know, if you, if you talk like an old drunken sailor and you're looking for a good woman, those two don't go together. <laughs> Young people's over here, I'll go tell them. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to see you guys this morning, did you? If you talk like an old drunken sailor... And you're looking for a nice woman that's going to be good to you and love you and, and dedicate their life to you and to go a good direction. They don't go together. So even if you're not married yet, even if you don't have someone in mind yet, you still need to be framing your world to what you want it to look like in the future. Don't wait. My goodness, whether you believe it or not, you are framing your world right now even as I speak, you're framing your world. You see, our words matter. They matter to our spouse, to our children, to our coworkers, to your teachers. Our words matter. That's why the Scripture tells us that death and life is in the power of the tongue. The truth is our words have a lot to do with our actions. You know, if you focus on... a the negatives in a relationship, and you speak about the negatives in a relationship, you're going to have a negative relationship. But if you speak about the qualities that you like in your spouse and the, and the qualities that is in your, that's in your children, if you'll speak about them, it'll raise both situations up to places that they could never walk otherwise. Heard a story Years ago, there's a there's an old timer sitting out on the on the bench in front of the old old gas station, and a man was coming through town, and 
He sat down there on the bench to take a break, and the old-timer asked him, he says, where are you moving? Where are you going to? He, the guy said, well, I'm looking for a place to live. And, and the traveler, he said, well, what's the people like in this town? The old-timer, being wise that he was, he says, well, what was the people like in the town you just come from? He said, well, they was mean and ornery and cantankerous, and you couldn't get along with nobody. The old-timer very wisely said, that's how they are here too. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you turn, as Pastor Mark would say, if you flip that nickel over, if that man would have said, oh, they're loving and kind and they want the best for, best for you and they'll help you, the old-timer would have said, you know, that's how they are here too. It matters, the words that come out of our mouth. And here's why, because, you see, before you can build anything, you have to have a foundation. You've got to have the framework. And it don't matter if you're building a, a, a car or a house or a life. It has to have framework. If you was to build a car, you'd have to ask yourself this question. Do I want to go Fast or do I want to go slow? That's a stupid question. You want to go fast. I can answer that for every man here and some women. So, so you want to go fast. I mean, and then, so framing a car, building a car, do you want to go fast? Well, if you want to go fast, you've got to start out with the right parts. You've got to start out with a, with a frame and, and, and a motor and brakes. If, if, you know, if you... A lot of people don't think about this, but if you make a car that goes really fast, you've got to make one that'll stop fast too, right? You bettered, anyway. And what do you want it to look like? Do you want it to look like a 69 Boss 429 Mustang? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or do you want it to look like a 69 Corvette with a 427 in it? Four speed. Ooh. I had one of them once. Or you want it to look like a 69 Camaro, RSSS 396. Yeah. Oh. Or, <laughs> you guys, some of you guys don't know what any of them cars at all do. We're going to have to have an education Sunday one of these days. All right. Or, do you want it to look like a station wagon? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> or, do you want it to look like a minivan? I'm sorry. I... Hey, if you've got 10 kids, hey, you want it to look like a station wagon or a minivan. Yeah. Absolutely. So see, that, that makes a difference. You want it to look like a station wagon? You want it to look like a Ford Escort? How about the AMC Pacer? Does anybody remember them? <laughs> Woo! I won't even talk about them. What about a Rambler? Does anybody have a Rambler here? Sean Johnson here this morning. So these things have to be decided when you frame up, when you build a car. And see, it's, it's things like that also have to be decided when you frame up your world. What do you want it to look like? Do you want it to be, do you want to frame your world where, where there's just room, just barely enough room for you? And it's all about you, it's all about me, 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 me. 
You know, maybe, okay, maybe, maybe you and maybe your hobbies. You want to build it where, you know, just you and your golf clubs, and that's really all you need. Is that what you want your world to look like? And I'm just asking, is that what you want your world to look like? You know, do you want to, do you want to build it with a holes in the roof where, you know, where all kinds of nasty stuff come through the roof and it don't keep the water out and it don't keep sin out and it don't keep unforgiveness out? Is that what, is that what you want to build with, with your words? Is that the world you want to frame? You know, even if you build a building, you have to start with the framework of the building. You have to decide how long you want that building. What do you want it to hold? You have to decide how long you want it, how wide you want it, how tall you want it, how much storage you want to have in it. And it's the same way with our, when we frame our world with the words that we speak, we have to decide how big we want it to be so we know what is important to us. We want to make it this big so that we can store this much stuff. So do you want to make it big enough for you and your family and you four and no more? I mean, is that how big you want to make it? Or, you know, do you want to make it a little bit bigger so in times of trouble or there's people that are hurting the world while you might be able to help them out a little bit? Is that how big you want to make it? It's just, so see, it's really up to us. But it's something that we've got to think about. Because there is a good chance that each and every one of us, I know I have at one time or another, I have built a world, I have framed a world that I didn't want. I have spoken things with my mouth and I've done things, action and stuff that affected the world that I was building that led to nothing but regrets. And then I realized that I created this, <laughs> this chaos, this mess. I've, I created this garbage. But I didn't want to create garbage. I wanted to create something good, something that would store peace and love and would store my family and protect them and watch over them. I wanted room for, my, for everybody that I loved and even maybe a few more. So what's the answer? Here's the thing. You can frame your world however you want it. You know, we hear on a, on a time every once in a while, we'll hear people say, well, if God is so loving, why is there so many hungry children in the world? If God is so loving, why is there so many wars all across the world. What's the, same, the answer to that is the same reason you can build your house any way you want it. Because God gives us a free choice. You can build a, build a little old shack for nothing but just you. And you can let, you know, hatred and, and strife come in there with you. And, you know, you can house it and hold on to it and pamper it and and stuff, or you can build a, a house for, for you and your family, a, a house you can be pr uh, proud of one day. 
death and life than the power of the tongue. So the answer is that we can frame whatever world we want to. God has given us that opportunity. But let me tell you, give you a hint. If we will speak the words out of our mouth that agree with God, you will build a mansion for you and your family. If you will find out what God's Word says and you'll speak those words out over yourself and over your family, you will have a mansion full of love and grace and mercy. Come on now. I've built both. Maybe some of you haven't. I've built both. I've built junk, and then I've built according to God's plan. God's plan is better. Luke 21, 33. This is why it's so important. Luke 21, 33. <clears throat> this is why it's so important. This is why it's so important to to know the Word of God and have the Word of God and even speak the Word of God. And, and this is it. 21, 33, it says, heaven and earth. Everybody say heaven and earth. Heaven and earth. Now, does that include your car? It, it don't? <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm going to have to start helping you guys out a little bit before I ask that. Can you guys edit that out of the CD? Okay. Heaven and earth will disappear, it says. So let me tell you, that includes everything that you have. Let me say it again. Heaven and earth will disappear. Except. Let me read. Let me read. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. So the, the things that you create out of God's words will never disappear. Your relationship with those around you, your relationship with God, the fruit of the Spirit that, that you create because you have framed the world like you want, it will never, never disappear. And you don't have to worry about your house falling down or your car not running because your things will last forever. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Wow. If you will repeat what the Word of God says about you and about your spouse, you cannot lose. You cannot go wrong. Because you'll always be speaking the truth. You'll always be speaking life into your situation, life into your framing of your world. Praise team, if you'll come, please. Everybody stand with me just for a moment as we go to the Lord in prayer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we do worship you today, and we praise you. Father, we thank you, Father, for watching over us and protecting us. 
We thank you, Father, for all that you do, all that you've done. I thank you, Father, your words have penetrated hearts this morning and that we can frame a world that is pleasing to us and is pleasing to you. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the obvious question is, how do I get started? How do I frame my world the way I really, truly want it to look? Well, Jesus himself said that no one can come to the Father except through me. And that's where it has to start. No one can come to the Father except through me. Ephesians 2, I mention that quite often. See, here's the the problem. Ephesians 2 tells us that it tells us that if you've never received Christ as Lord and Savior, Ephesians 2 says that you are a, a child of wrath. And that does not mean that God doesn't love you. What it means is that you've never been forgiven of your sins. And when God looks at you, he he sees all of your mistakes and all of your sins. He sees all of that. But then if you read on down just a little bit, he talks about when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior. All of a sudden, we go from being a child of wrath and a child of judgment is really what that means. When we receive Christ, we become a child of God. We become a child of promise. Not that we're perfect. But we go from being under judgment to being under the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is better. Romans 10 and 9. It says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you shall be saved. And I know there's people here today that have never done that. In a crowd this size, there's bound to be people that have never done that. That's where it starts. That's where you start to frame your world the way you want it to look. That's where it starts. That's where you start framing your eternity in heaven where you want it to be. It says that if you will believe in your heart and confess Jesus as your Savior, it says you shall be saved. So bow your heads with me once again. Everyone repeat after me, please. Heavenly Father, I know I've done wrong. I know I've made mistakes. I know I need help. I believe in your son. And I ask Jesus to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And make me a child of yours. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you said that prayer, that was not a trick prayer. If you said that prayer and you meant that, God heard you. If you said that prayer and you meant those words, God heard you.
Amen. The next thing you need to do, you need to tell somebody. And it doesn't have to be me. You can tell the person standing beside you. You can tell the, on either side. When you get to the car this afternoon, you can tell them when you got the car what the decision that you made that you received Christ, your own Savior. And the more you speak that, the stronger it will get inside of you. And the more you speak that, the stronger and stronger the Holy Spirit will be. And you will come to the realization that you just made the best decision you've ever made in your life. Amen. Amen. All right. Framing your world. I want, I'm, I'm going to ask you to do something just a little bit different. <clears throat> Here in just a minute, I'm going to step out of the way, and the altars will be open. If you received Christ this morning, or if you rededicated your life this morning, I want you to come forward and, 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 and pray. And you're not coming to me. You're coming to God. And what a step of faith that is. As believers, we have to get used to coming to God. If you haven't come to God for a long time, boy, get used to it. You need to do that. Your life will never be what you want it to be if you don't come to God. So here's what I want to ask, ask you to do. Don't try to frame your world by yourself. I had L.D. Locke work on a house here, here a while back for me, do some electrical work. And he had Cody helping him. And I can only imagine how much that helped L.D. to have Cody helping him. It's the same way with framing your world. You need somebody to help you. Whether it's your spouse or a friend, someone that will hold you accountable. Someone whenever you get to, when you get to talking and throwing things out there that are negative and go completely against the Bible, somebody that'll just say, hey now, well, is that what God says about the situation? You need that. We all need that. Iron sharpens iron. We need that. So think about who you can get. To, maybe they're sitting beside you today. Maybe they're not. Maybe you can get this CD and give it to them and, and say, hey, would you want to buddy up with me on this or, or whatever the case may be. But you need somebody to help you. So as the praise team plays I ask you to come if you here, here's the only way to work if you make a commitment for the things that come out of your mouth to be different you've got to make a solid commitment solid commitment you know I I know a guy a friend of mine he used to drink a lot and he was out mowing the yard one time and he and he sat down underneath the shade tree and he was drinking a beer. And his little boy come up. I don't know how old he was at the time. Five or six probably. Little boy come up and said, Daddy, can I have one of those? And at that moment in time, he made a decision never to drink from that moment on. And that's like 20 years ago. And he's never drank since. You can make all the, you can make, you can make all the commitments you want. But if it's not a heartfelt, help me brother, help me sister, all in commitment, they're not going to last long. You need help. 
You cannot do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. Nobody, you can't do it on your own. Amen. So as they play, please come. Make a commitment to the Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.